0: Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern Ned Reynolds in the studio Monday before our nation's birthday, the historic First Street race for NASCAR in Chicago. Had some problems going into that race Sunday. Almost didn't happen. They had some severe weather, and there's a rule, I guess, if there's lightning, they would have called the whole thing. It would have been a nightmare. But were they able
1: to pull it off? Well, the lightning did cancel the Xfinity race, which was supposed to be afterwards. This race started at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. That was the scheduled time. It was to start, but they held it up for 90 minutes because of flooding rains that they had, and part of the course was flooded. Now, they weren't able to get it partially dried out, and weather tires were put on the car. The winner is Shane Van Ginsbergen. I know who? What is this? It's a long name. And perfectly all right to say that. Shane Van Ginsbergen from Australia, actually New Zealand, is the winner. And he's the first driver in 60, six zero, First driver in 60 years to win in his very first ever NASCAR race. Now, you're saying, how did this happen? Well, Van Ginsbergen is not exactly a rookie and an unknown. He is a world champion at street racing and track house racing, which owns one of the cars, obviously, in in the NASCAR circuit, hired him for this one race. (laughs) Brilliant hire because he wanted uh, not going away, but an overtime. But he was pulling away from everybody. The guy had much more power and experience driving on a track like Chicago, which is the first time ever. And he was able to outduel Justin Haley and Chase Elliott down the stretch to win in a two lap overtime brought about by a late accident. Shane Van uh, Ginsbergen is really a top. Uh, let, let, let me put it to you this way The track house racing team is owned by a guy named Justin Marks from the pop music industry and by Pitbull. Guy named Perez, named Pitbull. You're familiar with him, Archie? Uh, yeah, I know who he is. Well, they are the co-owners, and they made the decision to bring in this driver. Now, afterwards, Van who's whose wonderful interview, said uh, they said, "Hey, you're race NASCAR full time," and he said it'll have to be after 2024 because I'm under contract. He said, "But I'd love to," and he was—he's the champion. He won it. Runs the, runs the difficult race which ended in the gloaming in Chicago it was dark but they got it done
0: they did get it done uh, and again it was a brilliant move like you said bringing a street, uh, street race driver into something like this was smart because you got to think about it completely different And uh, good for them. I'm sure it paid off. They're all getting some money, or at least their advertisers are happy. A golfing cowboy and an old pro from Germany were the big winners over the weekend as well.
1: (laughs) The golfing cowboy's Ricky Fowler from Oklahoma State. He wins, of course, he wears the traditional Oklahoma State orange out on the course. And Fowler won for the first time in four years on the PGA Tour. He wins the Rocket Mortgage Classic, which was played in Detroit or contested in Detroit and won it and fairly convincingly so Ricky Fowler gets his first win the old pro is 65 year old Bernhard Langer who won the U.S. Seniors Championship that was played at Stevens Point Wisconsin and Langer who is a wonderful golfer he's won I think this was his 46th Seniors victory Uh, is really a classic golfer guy in great shape and he uh, he gets the win. So it's Ricky Fowler and Bernhard Langer who are the two big winners. I know that we still have, what,
0: mm, three and a half weeks or so before all the teams report to their training camp location, and I am excited because that means the season is really ramping up. We do have a football championship happening this month, though, which is interesting.
1: Anxious to take a look at the TV ratings because that's what both the XFL and the USFL are based on. XFL completed their season in April. USFL completed its season over the weekend. It's the Birmingham Stallions beat the Pittsburgh Maulers 28 to 12. But the key is that the game was played in Canton, Ohio. And that is where the very first NFL exhibition game will be played on August the 3rd, Cleveland Browns and New York Jets, the exhibition season getting underway with that game. But here you have a USFL game that was allegedly attended by 20,000 fans. That's what the announced attendance was. Want to see the TV ratings for what both of these spring football leagues did. That's what they're based on, what kind of money they can bring in from the advertising, and how well did they do. And that will be determined, I imagine, sometime this week. So tell me, we're in the second part, or
0: almost the second half of the season for the... uh baseball, Cardinals, and
1: St. Louis. You think we're going to have a good start to this second half? Well, we are right there at the second half. The second half actually began late Saturday with the second game of the doubleheader, and they had game two in the second half of the season yesterday. Cardinals took two out of three from the New York Yankees, who absolutely did not impress me at all. The Yankees, punchless, could not hit, had very little offense, and yet <laughs> New York did win one game in that three-game series. Anyway, Jordan Montgomery tamed his old teammates yesterday, had a no-hitter for five and two-thirds innings before the Yankees finally got a key safety, but didn't do any good because the Cardinals do have the long ball weapons, and New York does not. Yeah, they have Stanton in there, Giancarlo Stanton, but they're missing all their big stars and injuries and so forth and so on. So... whether or not they get it back remains to be seen. Nonetheless, Cardinals go to Miami, have a game with the Miami Marlins tonight, tomorrow afternoon, Wednesday night, and Thursday night, and then end before the All Star break at uh, Chicago, playing the White Sox. So uh, ways to go, thirteen games under 500. Pretty good, pretty good
0: weekend overall for the Cardinals mm-hmm. too, and
1: uh, Springfield Cardinals as well. They have a good weekend. Well, depends on how you look at things. Both the Springfield Cardinals and the Kansas City Royals. And, you know, unpredictability is the mantra of Major League Baseball. Who would have thought that the Royals would take two out of three from the Los Angeles Dodgers? But they did at Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City, and that included a 9-1 win yesterday. As far as the, Roy- the Springfield Cardinals, they did win last night 5-4 to four, over the Arkansas Travelers. Now, that series began on Wednesday So the second half of the Texas League season, which does count. I mean, you win the first and there's a new winner in the second half season. The Cardinals are two and three in the second half, having played all five games on the road. Now they return home, play the Amarillo Sod Poodles beginning on 4th of July night under the new lights at Hammonds Field. This will be interesting to see if that makes any kind of difference at all. It probably will on TV. We have our next tv game on friday night but the fact of the matter remains that the springfield cardinals are two and three in the second half and plenty of time to get a whole lot better and i think they will
0: it's good to see uh, at least we had some positive things to talk about on a monday went in regards to our baseball teams uh, looking for the rest of the season uh we're going to talk about the opposite of that usually when you get let go from an organization it happens on a friday and that's exactly what happened friday afternoon A massive bloodletting from ESPN. It
1: was, and kind of unexpected in a way, and some of the top people on the four-letter network were let go Susie Colbert, who'd been with them for 27 years. She was let go Keyshawn Johnson, and not a big fan of his. Jalen Rose, these are all basketball analysts. Jeff Van uh, Van Gundy, who's a former coach. Steve Young... The great quarterback from Brigham Young and the San Francisco 49ers football analyst, he's gone. That's just a few. There's somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 who were given the axe by ESPN. Why? Corporate America, folks. Disney, the Disney Corporation, owns 80% of ESPN. Financial figures are not encouraging. People are pulling the cord, so to speak, on cable and on satellite. Everything's going to streaming now. The financial situation is going to be a whole lot different. Get rid of some of the high-priced people. Some of these people are making over a million dollars a year. So <laughs> the communications industry, of which we are a part of, is undergoing a massive upheaval, and I think that's symbolic of what happened with ESPN.
0: Yeah, uh, it, it it was sad to see some of those guys and gals go. Some of them are really good at what they do, but I'm sure they'll land somewhere eventually. Maybe not making a million, but making something. All right, Ned, you have a great Fourth of July, and I'll see you on Wednesday.